folks we're back welcome back what's up what's up and we're back vagabond nation vaga boys vaga boys in the building vaga girls who is she what who the girl that would have been a perfect spot for the crickets <laughs> now crickets yeah that would have been yeah right there Mm, you said Vaga Girls and then it went completely silent. Yeah. Like no one knew what to say. <clears throat> that was you know how like people got the MAGA hats? We should make Vaga. <laughs> would it be right? I don't know what it would be standing for. Vagabond or missions. Vagabond Vagabond America Great. Vagabond. No, no, let's just, okay, move, let's on. just move on. Move uh, on. Yep. That okay. there was we were going down the rabbit hole that there. Ship that ship has sailed. Alright, yeah. well, uh so far I think our um this season is pretty awesome, right? Guys, would you scale one to ten? You say it's good, right? I say it's at least a two. Just to start off, you know, we're like moving up. I mean, this is episode two. Episode so two. Episode, I'd, give it a, I'd give it a two. Two for two. Like, hopefully this is two for two. That's what I mean. When two I for say two. Okay. okay. Were you going to give it like a rate, like from one to I ten? I mean, I was, I was going to say like on a scale of one to ten, it's really good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's amazing on a scale of one to ten. What would you guys... rate that. Ooh. Two guys? and a half men. I watched that. <laughs> you know about that, bro? Uh, did you hear? That, uh, I mean, the the Franciscan University world knows, but I had a rap battle. Did, did you see the video that we showed? Oh, Again, yeah. super hot. No, no, I had a, a a rap battle against some kid wanted to battle me. He was like talking all this trash, like he was like, "If you think you're like a real rapper, like meet me tomorrow afternoon." And I, <clears throat> I came in like I was falling asleep thinking of the meanest rhymes, like because I was like, "Dude, what if this guy's good? I gotta like, it's gotta be scorched earth, you know?" Yeah. And I came in ready to destroy him. Destroy and you him. did, and I did. But he was like reading off his phone. He was like, a, he was like a sweet little guy, you know. And I, I just was so mean, dude. This is not a joke. He's on suicide watch right now. Yo. So, <laughs> yeah, it was rough, bro. Was he? Uh, was he like a freshman? Young boy no, coming he's in. A, he's a sophomore, but he's young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A young sophomore. Young Where the video at? I need to see the video. I'll, 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 I'll send share it with you after this. All right. We'll put a. Uh, we'll put a we'll link. Put a link in the, <laughs> in the, in the description. description, description. A link in the description to the video. We could. We could. Murder in this kid's reputation. Um, so anyway, um, we got a special guest today, right? Very special guest. The specialist of guests, most, I would say. Most indeedy. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the president. He has come down from his ivory tower to be with us today, Andy Lesnevsky. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The people love him. The people they love, love him. They love him. They're going nuts. They love him. Andy, you couldn't hear it because you're not here in front of our live studio audience. But the crowd was going nuts. They were going wild. Wow. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, so Andy is, um, if you don't know, he's my younger brother, which is a, a kind of a cool thing. Younger and better looking, some would say. Smarter, more responsible. Most, most, most people, people would say, say that. Yeah. Yep, Be- yep. Better looking. He's got a nice chin. Um, and uh, <laughs> oh, you got and, me with that one, Andy. Bro. Isn't that what they say? That is what they say. Um, and uh, so he's he's been president uh, for the last couple of years, and he has taken this thing from like what I was able to, like never able to achieve. 
to like achieving stuff and uh it's really it's really been awesome man um that's our actually our new motto now vagabond uh, missions achieving stuff achieving stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah he's taking it to like places you couldn't even yeah. couldn't even have dreamed no. of it going it was like if i was running the train before we were running on like pure emotion and then it <laughs> when it ran <laughs> dang, we didn't know what to do and andy andy uh figured out a, a way to keep it keep it alive uh and not only is it alive man there's been just some really cool blessings in the last uh, couple of years so i'm excited to talk a little bit with andy today it'd be like I don't like. I don't want to get political here, but like, whatever you would think the worst president in the U.S. would be, like that'd be you, and like whatever the best president in the U.S. in history, like that'd be Andy. Oh, are we coming back to the Vaga hats? Yeah, mm. full circle. And how that's, many presidents? That's our episode. How many presidents has there been? Forty-four. And vagabond. I think it's more than that. Andy's saying cut, cut this conversation. But yeah, we're. Like we don't, we're not getting into the political yeah, sphere yeah, here. We're not doing this. I don't uh, even know how to do. That. I don't even know how to spell political. All right, Andy. So you've been, um, you've been president for a couple of years now. Uh, how would you rate your performance on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> Self evaluation. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I know there's a lot of things that I've been a part of, but I would say. Uh, you know, what has been happening or what has been built is not, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't take the credit myself. I would say that we've built a a team to really look at like what the Lord was inviting us to. And because of that, that team and those efforts and the people that um, I think we've grown into leadership and put into leadership, um, you know, we've been able to really yeah, I mean, the last three years, quadruple um, our reach, our staff, our budget, our fundraising, all those things. But really, I think at the heart of it is just kind of listening to the Lord and, and seeing where, uh, yeah, he's invited us to grow. So you're avoiding the question. Uh, yeah, so Andy, I, it's, it's just us here, bro. You you don't have to be humble. Like, we want... We got a few listeners, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> One in ten, what do you think, a nine? A One in ten. Uh, I'd give our team a nine. Wow. Okay. So he's, he's so humble, man. He he's is a guy, humble dude. He's got to give him back to the team. Yeah. He's got to give him back to the team. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, Andy, what has been? Um, uh, well, I mean, do you care if I start, Mark? No, no, go, go for it, Bob. Mark, you just dive in. Mark's got like a, a, a list of exciting questions, but I, I have one. Just um, questions. I don't know if they're exciting, but I have. I do have a list of questions. So I have a question. You are a veteran uh, youth minister. I know you've done. Lots with youth ministry. You've done youth ministry training. You you, you obviously are not new to the game of ministry. Um, what is you you know coming off of fifteen years of being in parish ministry? What's the most? Uh, what's the thing that you you have found the most surprising? Most surprising difference uh, moving to inner city ministry? Yeah, I, I would say I mean a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, I think like our the, the teens that we work with just are so full of life and resiliency in the midst of so much pain and suffering. Um, I, I think they're that, that sometimes you would think, you know, the opposite might be true that maybe sometimes I think kids in the suburbs, you know, they have a lot more things or, you know, maybe live in a bigger house or have better opportunities in school. But I think there's this, sort of joy in the midst of, of suffering, um, and just the joy of, you know, we could put on, 
you know, music and kids could dance for, for three hours and, you know, and actually dance and not, you know, just have some fun. Um, so I just love our teens. I think there's, there's a joy that, um, is just beautiful. Um, I think on a personal level, um, the Lord has taught me so much over the last couple of years, uh, just in terms of, of trusting him. Um, and, and actually, you know, I would say, um, one of the things that I often tell people is, you know, coming off of working in a parish, um, I did not, um, I, you know, I kind of told God, I'll do anything you want except work for Vagabond and fundraise money. Um, and now um, I'm obviously working for Vagabond and I obviously am involved in a lot of fundraising. Um, but now I say, like, to me, it's one of my greatest privileges to be able to tell the stories of our teens Um that no one else is hearing. Um, and so, uh, on a personal level, um, I, am I've really grown to love fundraising, not because, um, not just from the financial side of it, but just in terms of telling people's stories and, and telling the stories of our, our the teens that we work with. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned that you mentioned the dancing, the, uh, and that it is true. Like you, you know, they'll bring the party wherever it is. You know, I, I, I'm one of my favorite things is when they do the no music thing. Like even when they don't have music, they just start clapping their hands and dancing. Uh, no music. Okay, I mean, okay, okay, yeah, okay. I love that. Then, uh, but anyway, the question I had for you was: <clears throat> Have you become any a better dancer? You think since you started this position? Absolutely not. <laughs> what about your children? Like I, I could definitely say like my children spending time yeah i mean with... i i mean i i would say i i could like hear and find the rhythm a little bit i wouldn't say i'm a good dancer i think my kids um yeah i, I think they enjoy and like will try um i'm a lot of different things but i think my one of the uh yeah i think th there's a beauty of like my my kids have really seen and learned um you know, a lot from, from the mission. I don't, it might not be dancing per se, but just, uh, I know they get to live a life that maybe some other kids don't get to live whether it's going to retreats or being in situations where, um, they might actually, they often find themselves, you know, uh, in the minority, um, which, you know, for most, you know, white kids growing up in suburbia, um, they don't get that experience or get to know a, a ton of, uh, of people of color. And, um, you know, I, it's just really beautiful to see in my kids just their their understanding of people and, and appreciation of, uh, I think, the differences, you know. And, yeah, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're better dancers because of Vagabond, but I think there's definitely been a huge impact on their lives. Dude, tell that story of uh, the the story of Ella. Can you tell that story? It's like one of my favorite. yeah. Uh, it was one of my favorite moments when I switched from Vagabond, uh, switched to working for Vagabond. Uh, Ella, my my daughter Ella. Well, actually, all my kids. They started just being cognizant of. Uh, they they would do this thing where they would raise money for the poor, you know. So they might be having a lemonade lemonade stand, um, and they'd collect money and. First of all, we're like the worst house to have the laminated stand because we live off of two cult, like we're on a cul-de-sac <laughs> that's off another cul-de-sac. So unless you like knock on the neighbor's doors, no one's buying lemonade. Um, but they were doing this thing. They were collecting money for the poor and they would just collect money amongst themselves. And uh, one day Ella was like, 
bawling, just crying so hard. And uh, she, my, my, my wife came up to her and was like, what's wrong, Ella? And she was like, I, I accidentally gave all my money to the poor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, her like $7 that she had in her piggy bank, she'd given it all away. But just that, you know, just the heart of, uh, you know, I guess like the, you're know, thinking about like the widow putting her like last coins in, you know, it just was like beautiful to see just, uh, you know, I mean, mind you, she had a little bit of sorrow in getting rid of her $7, but, you know, it was a beautiful lesson for me just to learn about, like, giving it all um, and not counting the cost, so. I never heard that story before. It's so funny. And that's so funny. Yeah, I, always, I always feel like that, like, <clears throat> I feel like that as a missionary. I mean, I'm sure <clears throat> you do. You know, it's kind of like I accidentally did, you know, when people be like, why did you decide to do that? Be like, it was an accident. You know I mean, like, I, <laughs> I got you, know, you don't set out with, like, huge things. Sometimes it's just like you, you yeah, you, you get duped. You fall into it, you duped. know. Speaking of which, that was Salt and Pepper, not TLC. Oh, you looked it yeah, up? Yeah, I went back and looked it up, okay. so I was right. Um, Andy, you talked a little bit about like the impact Vagabond has had like on your kids, but like, what about for you personally? What's been like one of the biggest impacts like working with Vagabond has had on your life personally? Yeah, I would say uh, two things. I think the first thing is like trust. Um, I think I, you know, always would say like, oh yeah, like, do you trust in God? And I would say like, yeah, the answer is yes. Um, but I think, uh, like learning like what that actually means, um, you know, as a suburban youth minister for 15 years, you start to do some things that almost become automatic. Um, I, I think like the beauty and challenge of doing inner city work or, and working, with our mission is like you're there's just no point where you can't rely on the lord uh or you know can just rely on yourself you know i think of uh i remember when i first started i was helping with a talk at one of our nights and remember thinking like i got this i know i know how to do a talk i know my like you know i had had this like great point i was going to make and you know i had a scripture i was going to do an intro you know, my main point and then a closing. And I just was like, I got this, you know, and I stood on the stage and I remember the Lord kind of asked, saying to me in the midst of this, like, you do, you got this, like, you don't want to bring this to me. Um, and I got up and I gave this talk and remember just being so frustrated, like our, the kids weren't listening and, you know, it wasn't the worst talk I've ever given. Uh, but it definitely was like a moment where the Lord clearly said to me, like, you can't do this without me. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful lesson. You know, I think um, I, one of the things I love about Vagabond is I, I tell people, I feel like I get to bring all my gifts, all my strengths, um, all of who I am to the mission and ministry. And I'm serving in a way that I feel like God has uniquely called and created me to serve. Um, and so I want all our missionaries um, to feel like that. But I also at the same point want like I, I know in my life, it's, you know, as we've like grown in, in our understanding of having a rule of life and putting prayer first, that um, that's like the ministry flows out of prayer. The ministry flows out of trusting in the Lord. Um, and so it's this beautiful, you know, it's been a beautiful journey of learning that. And I don't say that in any way, shape or form am I like perfect at doing that, but I feel like the Lord keeps 
inviting me deeper and deeper as, as we pray and as we do mission. Um, so yeah, that's definitely probably been the biggest personal, uh, change. I love hearing that, man. Um, I, I got a quick question. When, when you like, yeah, when you heard that Bob, your big brother was coming up with this organization at the time, it was dirty vagabond, you know, like speaking of prayer, like you were saying, did you think that this was coming from his prayer life, or did you think this like one of Bob's weird, crazy ideas? Like, what were your first like initial thoughts when you when you heard him saying like, "Yeah, I'm doing this thing, and uh, I really don't know what comes next, but here we go." Yeah, I, um, I in some ways, um, and I, like I, I don't have a very distinct memory of like, "Hey, there was this moment where." Um, like Bob sat me down and like, I, I remember this, this thing, because I think in some ways it, it just was like, to me was a natural growth of like seeing Bob's heart for, for mission and ministry. Um, and so I, I feel like I, we've journeyed together in so many ways. Um, and I think, you know, I, I know Bob was joking about how you know, like he was the worst president I'm the best but I think like I, I've said this t- to you Bob it's like you know I think our 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 gifts very very well complement each other and like you brought a creative energy and enthusiasm yeah just a creativity to mission and ministry that I think launched us um you know, whether it's accidentally or you know how like intentional it was thinking like forward 15 years um but the holy spirit was at work and i I think i felt that i knew that um i was a a volunteer i was a board member um i feel like our ministries just grew a lot together so i got our even though i was working in the suburbs we had a you know years where like every sunday kids were from vagabond were up at our church and um yeah so i i've just kind of always enjoyed that aspect of it when you say <clears throat> our gifts were complimentary, it's like this. Like, I have very little gifts, but I'm funny. You have, <laughs> you have lots of gifts, but you're not funny. You know, so, like, together, it's, like, the perfect compliment. Oh, no, Andy always makes me laugh. <clears throat> well, it's because he's signing your checks, bro. Uh, could be. <laughs> I, I laugh at my boss, too, man. But oh, man. doesn't mean I think he's funny. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> um, Andy, I know it probably, like, because all of Bob's crazy ideas blur together. So it's hard to see like where it all started for you. But um, looking back, like, you know, from where Vagabond started to where it is now, um, could you talk one just about like how we've grown, especially over like, I feel like the past few years, there's been like kind of an explosion of growth, but two with that, like what, what you are like the most excited about or what's like been the coolest thing for you over that, that time of growth? Yeah. I mean, I think growth for us was like, I mean, I think we really, you know, had this idea of uh, how do we not go back to the drawing board, but like, how do we go back to the Lord and uh, really look at like what we're doing and how do we, you know, in sense, like when I took over as president, I had this and told people I like I, I woke up in the middle of the night that night and just like jotted a bunch of notes in my phone. Um, and it was this idea of like, 
let's double down where we are first and then like look outwardly in terms of growth. Um, that growth needs to start first and foremost in the mission where we currently are with who we currently have um, in the mission. And so, uh, yeah, there was a lot of just kind of thinking out what what's worked, what hasn't worked. At the end of the day, you know, our, our focus still is and remains on how do we bring the gospel to inner city teens. But one of the things I think that that has like been a growth area for us is that, you know, our mission is almost twofold, that it's it's a mission. How do we how do we reach inner city teens with the gospel? We do that by equipping our missionaries. And so we've really just tried to be more intentional and purposeful um, in creating communities of missionaries and looking at the rule of life, looking at formation, looking at all these different things um, and letting that, you know, be a, you know, kind of at the forefront of pushing, sharing the gospel with teens, you know, it's, is our missionaries. And even, um, I mean, even fun fundraising, you know, we've had some conversations uh, just this week around this part of our, our growth. in that was really like bringing everyone into like full support raising and, um, you know, really being a part of the process. Um, there, there's so many things that have changed, um, over the last few years, but I think like we've just kind of been building on what's been already there and just like defining and pushing forward how we feel like the Lord wanting us to. Um, yeah. And so there's so much growth both happening now, but like the, the future, you know, is really exciting. Um, there's so much fruit, you know, you asked like what, what gets me the most excited. Um, there's so many things I think like just are so, uh, like cool that are happened, you know, whether it's our, our teens who, um, we've had five, four teens this past, just in this past year alone become missionaries. Um, and just to see the fruit of, you know, long-term mission in the life of the inner city teens that we serve and them kind of going through the full circle and like now serving as missionaries. Um, that's super exciting to me. Um, I think the other thing, you know, we're really excited about our growth. Um, again, both where we are and then where we're going. So um, we're now, you know, wrapping up our, our first ever capital campaign. Uh, we had this goal that we thought was like wild um, and audacious in some ways of raising $5.25 million. Um, and so we're just finishing it out. Uh, we've over $4.5 million committed. Um, and, you know, for this end of the year time, you know, we have this $300,000 match. Um, so we're confident we're going to cross this finish line. We're confident um, that that's going to continue to propel us forward to reach more kids, to reach more cities. Um, yeah, so it's just almost just this overwhelming sense sometimes of like the Holy Spirit moving, um, I think would be my my greatest, you know, the thing that gets me the most excited is like, man, it's really beautiful to see fruit of mission and how the Holy Spirit is at at work. Yeah, it's really so exciting, so cool to see. Yeah, just yeah, like you said, the Holy Spirit, Spirit at work, and how faithful God has been and has like carried us through. Um, one question, like I just want to follow up that I get asked a lot, and I feel like I do a, a rather poor job of explaining it. So maybe you could do better of like, but as you know, we talked about growth and how we're expanding into new cities. Like, what does it take to bring Vagabond to a new city? Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of different levels of this. 
um, a lot of different things that uh, go into that that process. But I think um, first and foremost, it's prayer. It's people seeking like to understand the mission of Vagabond and want to bring that and see that come to their city. So really getting people just to like together to pray, to think around, hey, this is what Vagabond is and what Vagabond looks like. What would it look like, you know, in our city? Um, and uh, so prayer, um, there's a, a fundraising component. Um, we say it costs around um, around $300,000 to get a mission started up and running and going for three years. Um, so as we do that, you know, we talk around, um, yeah, just funding out a mission and doing it well. Um, so we have, uh, you know, kind of some benchmarks that we hit in terms of fundraising. Um, the other thing is that we're really intentional that we are a Catholic ministry. So we partner with and come alongside the, the local parish and the, the local diocese. So we always want, um, as we're think even just praying around it to start to have this conversation um, with the local um, diocese or archdiocese and get the approval and invitation of the local bishop that, um, yeah, our, our heart is to serve the church and, and partner and walk alongside the church um, and to maybe do some things that um, the church isn't doing or the church doesn't have the capacity to do, um, but to do that well and to do that in conjunction with the local parish. Um, so there's a lot of prayer. Um, there's a lot of fundraising. Um, there's a lot of conversation and just advocating for the needs of, um, you know, teens, families, neighborhoods that are not being reached. And so just kind of, you know, starting there um, and getting usually a handful of, you know, you know, 10 to 12 families who are really committed to prayer, um, to potentially being um, mission partners as donors um, and, and just really coming around and supporting the mission and, and the idea of, of this, this ministry happening in their local city. Andy, before... <clears throat> yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah, you did a way better job than I ever than do. You do. Yeah. Mark's like, um, the first thing you need is... People. Is a, is a city and some... <laughs> you need a city and some people, and, and then you put them together... With some money. Oh, no, it's, I mean, that's well. a pretty accurate representation of how I, how I do it. So thanks, Andy. You're welcome, Mark. I, I believe in you. I, even, I know Mark, you I do. always take care of you, you know. I know. You always will. Always have. That's, that's why he laughs at your jokes. But Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they're funny. Before, uh, before we let you go, could you tell, what is your, like, uh, what's your go-to story? Like, if, you, if you're talking to a donor... And you want to give them, you know, an illustration, um, you know, like a, gl a glance, a glimpse, a glimpse. Mm. It's a glimpse and a glance together. Combining, I like um, that. Into the ministry. Uh, what, what's, what story do you tell them? Um, I mean, oftentimes right now, I mean, I think it, it just depends uh, on like what, uh, what, what I want to share in terms of the vision. I, a lot, oftentimes right now I'll share some of the stories of our, our current, um, crew of like new missionaries who were former teens. Um, and what I think one of the things that I often reflect back to is the, uh, you know, uh, the story, uh, like the cream Jesus story. Um, so this idea of, uh, we had a kid, um, one night who, who was just really acting up at, at youth, at our youth group night. And, 
the missionary to take him outside that night and just kind of talk him down like, hey, you don't you don't have to pay attention. You don't have to, you know, you know, you don't even have to be here if you don't want to. But like, don't ruin it for other people or don't take, you know, distract other people um, if they want to hear the message. And so anyway, that kid end up, ends up leaving that night um, later and coming back because he forgot his backpack. And at that time, that youth center was in a section up portion of this church that was kind of falling apart. That's closed now. And, uh, but the, the kid came in the main part of the church to walk to the youth center, uh, portion of the church. And he saw a light on a crucifix. And on, when he sees the crucifix, he says, is that cream Jesus? And at first, uh, Christopher was the missionary at the time, you know, says, you know, like he like looks at him, like, are you being disrespectful? You know, but then realizes like, he just has no idea like what the cross is, you know, what the crucifix is and who Jesus is. And so he's like, I'm going to use this moment. And he tells the kid Deshaun like the story of the cross, you know, and uh, it wasn't like an instant conversion that his life was changed forever. But he was like, yeah, that's, that's bad, man. I gotta, I gotta start coming to church. I I gotta learn a little bit more about Jesus, you know? And uh, it's just eye opening. It was like a real eye opening moment. It was right when I first started, you know, like sometimes you think about people who have never seen a crucifix or don't know anything about God. And you think of people who are in like far away, distant countries, but you know, um, there, uh, you know, there's a a line in a song that I love, um, you know, poverty is so hard to see when it's only on your TV, 20 miles across town. Um, and so often, um, the people who need Jesus so much are, are, are right in front of us. And we just have to be willing, um, to do what it takes to, to, to share the gospel and to share the person Jesus in relationships. So, um, I, I love that just as a, as a moment to say like the need, like just how beautiful and real the need is, you know, just in the kids lives that we serve. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> Andy, I love hearing that story. Um, can you, I know you said in, uh, earlier in the podcast that we're expanding and growing to, to other places. Can you um, yeah, share with the listeners where else we're going for more stories like that when that one kid experienced Jesus? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we're in the process of, um, of opening. Like, so we opened in Mobile, was our first expansion city uh, in a while. Um, that was this, this past summer. Um, but um, our, our plan is to open in... Indianapolis, um, Philadelphia, uh, and New Orleans within the coming year, uh, which we're super excited about because the Lord's been moving and, and doing things. We're having conversations with other cities already. Um, we have a, a firm invitation uh, from the also from the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Um, so that's um, on the horizon as well. Louisiana, um, what's there's up? There's a lot of cities, yeah, kind of moving and shaking and, and excited about us. The potential, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, I, I just would say like, you know, you guys are doing a great job with recruiting and um, kind of spreading the Thank word. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate long, but, that. You know, if we had a, we don't have a, exactly have like a missionary tree, you know, so we, we, we need, obviously um, we need more missionaries and need more people like who want to do something great uh, with their lives and, you know, willing to, uh to be a part of a mission that that's going to move them, challenge them, um, shape them, but help take the gospel uh, to these neighborhoods. So 
um, that's one thing I always think about when we think around growth is like um, making sure we don't like grow too fast and can't staff our, our locations. I wish we did have a missionary tree or, or like a missionary vault. I always imagine wouldn't it be cool if there was like a vault full of like missionaries that were just drinking coffee, doing push-ups, waiting to get into the field. Like I need four of you. Like hey. a reserve, <laughs> like like the army reserve or something. Like you open up the door. And they like kind of fight to get out of the vault. You know, yeah, like, like they've been drinking coffee for like a year in the basement. Yeah. Who was that dude from the SNL skit? The basement. Oh, Chris Farley. Like let him live in your house. I want. Uh, Where well, he was just like I've been in the basement for like. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Hours. yeah drinking coffee. He was the motivational speaker. Yeah. Matt, Matt Foley, man. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. That dude. We need all those. We need that. Guys. We need those guys. Chris Farley, rest in peace, bro. Rest in peace, bro. Legend. Um, Andy, thanks so much for being with us today. If you are interested more in the, um, I want to say one more thing. Go ahead, Ann. I just want to give my amazing, beautiful wife a shout out too. Just uh, I, I, and I talked a little bit about the journey of like coming um, to being a part of Vagabond, but I think like. Um, one thing we've been intentional around and, uh, you know, you guys have all experienced and been a part of this too, is just that like, uh, Vagabond is a family. Um, but also our families each are a part of, um, of the mission. And, and she's been, uh, an inspiration for me in terms of like serving in this mission, but like just, uh. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, uh, on a personal note, just really grateful for for her being a part of the mission as well. Uh, but I think it's also, you know, it's one thing we talked around um, as we continue to like grow and shape the mission is that, like, our, our our kids need and, like, love and appreciate, like, seeing healthy, beautiful families, you know, and so... Um, I mean, you all, all three of you also, you know, like your families and just our gift to the mission. And I just want to affirm that in your families as well. Um, yeah, you know, Vagabond's a family, but our families are also part of that family. And so, uh, yeah, just want to, want to say my gratitude both to my wife, but also to your families as well. We do have beautiful families. That was smooth, Andy. Mm-hmm. You couldn't hear it because you're not here in front of our live studio audience, but when you started saying... Stuff about your wife. They, they were all like, "Ah," and clapping. We like, were like, "Stop! Enough! Enough! Enough!" And they stopped. You know? mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, that was smooth. You know, like you're gonna be like, "Catherine, let's, let's pour some wine and listen to this podcast." <laughs> 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 and then at the I'm end, I'm sure she'll be all about that. At to the listen end, she to starts us. making out with you because you gave her a shout out. Yikes! Okay. Nice. Moving on. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, well, if you are interested in finding out more about Vagabond Missions, being a part of the adventure, um, even being a part of our end-of-the-year campaign, uh, go to vagabondmissions.com, and you will find out some more goodies there. We got all kinds of social media. We got a podcast. You we can... do? Hmm. I mean, we do. We do. This is it right here. Crickets. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, well, we're, getting, we're getting all the sound effects. The sound effects guys going nuts. <laughs> Um, Happy fingers. There you go. Anyway, we, uh, yeah, thank you. Can I make one more suggestion? Maybe we could record, record this a third time. So we recorded uh, Andy. <laughs> we recorded Andy before, and something happened to the recording. Like a like a goat ate the recording it or just something. Disappeared. It disappeared. I don't, I don't know, know what happened to it. it. As in, they you need you just cool didn't save the recording. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have it. There's just no. There's no waves there. 
They don't want to hear. The, the listeners don't want to hear about this stuff, right? They don't Santana? care. Yeah, no. Dan, take all this out. Uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you, everyone who helps make this uh, happen. Bob Rice. Pour a little, we pour a little out for you every time. Deacon Dr. Bob Deacon Rice. Deacon Dr. Now. Bob Rice. And, Reverend Dr. Um, and George Rice, thank you for uh, giving us access to this beautiful podcast studio. Franciscan University. Thank you, Franciscan University. Thank you, Dan Bozak, the man, man with, with golden, golden hands, hands. who uh, edits our stupid podcast every week. <laughs> and uh, we will be back next week. We have more exciting guests lined up this season. We're, uh, we're excited, so stick with us. And until next time, peace, 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 peace.